0: self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show, we are speaking with Niaje. She is an amazing warrior woman, and I am so thrilled that she spent some time with me and shared a bit of her story. In this episode, Niaje and I talk about fighting Showing up what surviving means and how to live in the moment with awareness. I think you guys are going to like this conversation. This is Niaje's story. This conversation contains some language that may not be appropriate for little ears. Listener discretion advised Hey girl. Hey, girl. Niaje, thank you so much for being on the show with us. How are you today?
1: Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) This is such a blessing.
0: You have no idea. Oh, my goodness. I have been wanting to chat with you for a while now, and I want to dive right into our conversation. But before I do that, can you please introduce yourself to the Hey Girl listeners with who you are and what you do?
1: Hi. So my name is Niaje,
0: and the question of what I
1: do, hmm. Um, cancer. Well, I am fighting cancer now. That's who I am. But I am a creative as well. But currently, my battle in my job is a fighter.
0: I am really happy to hear that. I remember when I stumbled across you on social media, and I was immediately taken by your um, resilience and your ability and vulnerability with sharing this journey of battling cancer, being Young and battling cancer, being a woman of color and walking through this journey, I was immediately taken by that. And I just want to give you gratitude for holding space and not only walking through this fight, but also having the courage to share your story. Because, as you know, we're never alone in our struggles, even when we think that we are. So with that being said, I would love to talk about what your life was like before May twenty-third, twenty sixteen.
1: Oh I'm already gonna start getting emotional. Okay. Um I was all over the place. I worked for a company, I was the visual director and traveling nonstop, going back from here to Europe, creating, building stores, styling. That's who I was as a person. I wanted to make the world beautiful. And if that was by making people shop better or buy things or look better themselves, that's who I was. I was also a lover at the time. I was in a relationship. I thought I would get married. It's that person just seems so far away now. (laughs) It's, it's, I almost can't even describe who I was anymore because it's so far distant.
0: When you got your diagnosis, how did things shift? I'm sure they shifted. I mean, clearly they shifted drastically. Like life changed. How did you navigate that change and decide, okay, I have to step into survival mode and figure out how I'm going to walk through this?
1: Well, prior to my diagnosis, maybe a couple months before I was feeling extremely depressed and I couldn't understand why I had the relationship, the job, the house, the money. And I was couldn't, my body was feeling very, very weird. So when I got the diagnosis, it all kind of made sense. But at the same time, it all crumbled And at that point, it was at a standstill. I was like, what the hell is happening in my life right now? And at the same time, uh, my lover for over two years decided to break up with me. Mm. So that, that spiraled me into a deep depression. So not only was I fighting for my physical self, I was fighting for my mental and my heart. And honestly, I did not know how to do that. I didn't for a long time. I was suicidal. I actually attempted to commit suicide because I was in so much pain and in so much love, and I couldn't understand why the person that loved me could leave me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand why, at the time, I was like, why would God do this to me? But at one point, I sat down, and I sat with myself, and I was speaking to a therapist, and the therapist was like, you're going to have to choose right now you're going to have to fight for your life or focus on what may kill you mm. and i made a radical decision to pour myself with nothing but love and we i say that because navigating change was radical and usually we have a whole lifetime to figure that out they gave me 15 months to live so that love that poured into myself for me to grow and be healthy was immediate and it was painful. And if I didn't find love and light, I would be dead right now.
0: Mm. So I want to talk about the relationship you were in just a little bit. Was your partner deciding to end the relationship due to your diagnosis or prior to the diagnosis? Well, I,
1: like I said, I was depressed, um before the diagnosis right, right. Um, hormonally, they said at the time of my diagnosis because my cancer is cervical mm-hmm. that my hormone levels were insane so they were telling me I was clinically depressed when actually it was the cancer mm. So I had been depressed for about three months prior so it was lots of ups and downs and while I was going through my testing, he was there he knew I was getting my testing he knew like, we were waiting for something and it got to the point where all the tests leading up were negative. It was bad. So we knew we were going to get a bad decision. Mm. And literally like a week before my diagnosis, he decided to end the relationship. And he his reason was due to my depression. And because I wasn't a Christian and a multitude other, mm. of other reasonings, when in actuality, it just didn't really make sense, like his excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there was a lot of fear there as well.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I asked that because you've mentioned on social media before just how things changed. Like they went from zero to 100 and how you kind of felt isolated and alone by those around you. So I wanted to to just navigate that space a little bit because... I was reading one of your posts and it said that you are still Niaje. And do you feel as though people look at you differently now because of your cancer?
1: Absolutely. My circle has
0: definitely gotten
1: smaller. I've definitely, the awareness, um, I can I spotted out who was truly there for my spirit um, and who wasn't. And Niaje was always the giver, the person who had parties, the person who always knew the best restaurant, the Mm. best place to party, the best place to go to. And once I couldn't do that anymore, people started to leave me. Mm. As far as the relationship, I was always the cheerleader, like feeding so much positivity into my partner. So when I was the person that needed the help and I fell hard and I became depressed and sick, I could no longer do that for him. Mm. So I think that was hard. And there were times where he would even say, once, because we were still living together um, for a while, when he started dating, and he would be like, Don't you want me to be happy? This person makes me happy now. Wow. And I would sit and be like, So who's helping Niagé to be happy? Because mm-hmm. everybody was so sad that they lost their friend. When their friend was still there, mm. I was just occupying a space that was a little different. And I think when you are diagnosed with such a disease, a lot of people don't understand how to get out of ways from the past. Because as you get older, you realize there's friendships and relationships for certain things. You have the friends you go out with. You may have the friends that you allow into your home and personal space. You have acquaintances. And those lines become blurred. But once I became sick, I realized, oh, I don't need those acquaintances. I don't need these energy trainers. I only need the people who can actually sit in my space and be okay with me. And that's why I became so transparent. So people can be like, yes, I am a strong friend, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going through, Mm -hmm. regardless if you want to hear it or not, because I used to bottle everything inside and not say anything. And hence why I started blogging and being so transparent
0: on social media. Mm -hmm. How has building community shifted from before? Because I know that you've also shared that cancer can be considered the lonely disease. But how have you been able to transform that narrative into building community and walking with and standing with people who are meant to lift you up and who are going to go through this journey with you in a way that leaves you feeling fulfilled, loved, and wanted? Because I know a lot of people probably have that question as they're just navigating life in general. So putting cancer into into the equation, I feel like it has to be even a more intentional step and process when it comes to community building and and circle shifting.
1: Well, life in general is lonely Mm -hmm. because we walk alone alone. The only people in our who are walking our steps are us, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I feel like when you become truthful and honest with people around you, they're allowed to be truthful and honest as well. So you build a connection. So I notice by me speaking my truth the people who were around me could speak theirs. And you realize just on a human level, we're all going through stuff. Mm -hmm. We all have pain. We all have a multitude of emotions that we're dealing with on a daily basis. So by me, all it takes is one person to be like, girl, I'm not all right. Like, I'm not. I am lonely. Mm. And you're always going to feel disassociated to the world at some point, you know? But- you need to be able to express yourself, to allow people to have that human connection. So the people around me now, it's uninhibited. We feel free with each other. Mm -hmm. And even the people that I meet on social media, I feel have a same connection. Like we're all students. We're all learning from each other and the world in general. And you need to find everyone's spirit is in search of something different. And once you're true about who you are, those people will gravitate to you.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And that is what's so pivotal about walking through life, no matter the steps that you're taking. That gravitational pull of who is for you and who is for your spirit is gonna be, it's gonna be shown to us. We don't really have to go searching and looking. And I think that's what I've learned as I've walked through life and walked through my different shifts and growing pains and ups and downs is that what's for me is going to be mine. If I open my eyes and my heart to it. Absolutely. I, um, I would love to shift gears a little bit and talk about what surviving means to you now, not because of the cancer, But just as you walk through life, how are you surviving and making the best out of your day to day? I've been asking myself this question a lot lately um, in my morning meditation. And I wanted to get your take on the definition of surviving and what it means daily for you now. Surviving to me is awareness. Mm, I love that.
1: Awareness of the negative and the positive, and making conscious decisions that serve your spirit. I love
0: that, because, that's amazing.
1: Because so many of us, we walk through life and there's so many distractions. And I was distracted. At one point, I really thought success was me having the job, the boyfriend, living in New York City, mm-hmm. having that whole world. and. Now that that was all been taken away, I am my truest self and happiest self now, even in the state with stage four cancer than I've ever been. So I'm surviving so eloquently that I'm truly proud of myself. It's, yeah, it's all about awareness and consciousness. And once you have that awareness and consciousness And it's so cliche when people say living your best life. Mm -hmm. And I like to say I'm living my best light Mm -hmm. because I just want to exude positive energy for myself that other people can pull onto it. And hopefully a little bit of that glimmer will help bring, make it easier for them to survive in this world as well.
0: When you move through the world now with this heightened sense of awareness and kind of an enlightenment because I feel like when there are big things that happen in our lives, no matter of the circumstance, if it's big, it always happens to like shake us up in a way. With you walking through life with this newfound awareness, what has that taught you about yourself that you didn't know before? You mentioned that You thought that success was the job, the boyfriend, the money, the location. What is success to you now as you walk through life with this newfound awareness?
1: Success for me now is being true to myself and allowing the world to see me as this unperfect person. Mm -hmm. It's the transformation is not easy. It's extremely painful. And trust me, I have so much more work to do.
0: <laughs> we all do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, uh, girl, I still, yes, I still have a lot of work to do. But I'm easier on myself now. Mm. Like, I give myself a break. There's times where I feel like maybe I'm not praying enough or maybe I'm not doing this enough. And I'm like, child, look at where you are now. Right. And we need to focus on the present. And I think success is being able to to live and thrive in the present moment. Because if you're fully successful, means that you're engulfed with gratitude. Mm. And when you're engulfed with gratitude, the universe will reward you constantly because you appreciate where you are now. So if I look forward and compare my who I am to this person or that person, that's not successful. Mm. Why would the universe grant me anything if I'm ungrateful? So I believe success for me is just is the gratitude and living in the present moment. I didn't have that
0: before. That is that's pretty intense and magical all at once. I love that. I'm like writing down. (laughs) I have my little notes here because you are really being mindful. And that is so hard. It's hard to be mindful on a day to on the day to day. In the day to day, in the present, it is so hard. Like, I find myself just getting, you know, distracted and just caught up in life and the do's of life and like all the stuff that comes with just journeying, right? But if we're not being mindful about where we're going, we're gonna get lost. And Mm -hmm. I think, and I love just how you say that just being grateful and being aware is what's holding your journey together at the end of the day. Do you have a to-do list that never seems to end? Maybe it's running from a flight straight to a meeting or still having to cook dinner for yourself. Well, now Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are perfect for the office, home, and anywhere your day takes you. Beta Brand has the perfect pants to match. Choose from the dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles like the boot cut, straight legs, skinny, cropped, and more. They even have a pair with eight, yes, eight pockets. And now they also offer premium denim with the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. Right now, my listeners can get 20% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash heygirl. That's 20% off your first order at betabrand.com slash heygirl. Millions of women agree that these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. Go to betabrand.com slash heygirl for 20% off. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love, and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my Third Love bra. I didn't know i was wearing the wrong size for so long i think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date and it's actually a pretty fun experience i answered a few simple questions and i found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds third love offers more than 70 sizes which is more sizes than most other brands including their signature half cup sizes not only that but third love is convenient you can skip the trip to the mall Find your fit with their online Fit Finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on 3rd Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And 3rd Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. 3rd Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text chat or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/heygirl for 15% off today. I want to talk about being diagnosed and given 15 months to live. What was what was that like and how did you move through that? Aside from going to therapy, which is wonderful. How did you sit with yourself with that being the diagnosis, but now we are 2 years in and you are here and kicking ass and being great. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) How has this been for you? Really? Like if you could speak openly and honestly, how has this been for you?
1: Um, excuse my French, but it's been fucked up. Yeah. But in a good way, if I didn't fall hard, I wouldn't be here now. If I didn't, feel all those negative emotions and believe everything the doctors were telling me, I wouldn't be here now. When I was diagnosed, there were so many different things going on. They would tell me, oh, it's just on your cervix. Oh, no, it's spread to your bladder. Oh, now it's in your lungs. Oh, it's stage three. Oh, it's stage four. Mm. It happened so quickly. I didn't even get a chance to really sit and being like, what's happening It happened so fast. So when they told me I had 15 months to live, literally when I looked into the future, it was black. Mm. I couldn't see anything anymore. It was as if my fear had erased everything that I had dreamt of for my future. Wow. And I was in such a dark place. I was suicidal. I was so negative. I was living with someone who no longer loved me. I was in the city that i loved but it didn't feel like home anymore so i moved back to los angeles and when i moved back to los angeles i think it was week one of being here my reverend reverend michael beckwith of agape came to my house and sat with my family and he told me that this wasn't real Mm. you cannot believe this is real he said this is a test it's not physical. It's not real. Once you believe it's real, you will die. Mm. I was angry because everyone kept on telling me mind over matter, mind over matter. And I'm like, this is physical. I'm going through chemo. I've lost over 70 pounds. How are you telling me this is not real? Right. And then literally I was like, you know, I don't want to die. I'm not going to die. And at that moment, yes, therapy, but also yoga and reiki and spiritual cleansing work and you know having people around me one of my best friends my unicorn my best friend mir like literally did not change the way she treated me when she spoke we would speak very briefly on my cancer everything else was this was normal mm-hmm. and she would always tell me i was healed i was whole and i was complete mm. And that's a mantra that I say every morning. I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm complete. And although it hurts you in the moment, it is mind over matter. The mind is a very powerful thing. Because when I believed I had 15 months to live, I was dying. I no longer believe that. And I look and feel like a totally different person. And if it wasn't for my mind, my body would have died out about six months ago.
0: Wow. I am healed. I am whole. I am complete. That needs to be everybody's mantra every single day. Seriously, that is just epic. And you sharing that really just opened my eyes to to something. And I want to touch on your relationship with your best friend. You mentioned that when you talk to them, the cancer really doesn't play a part in the conversation. And I love that. And I want to hear more. I want to hear more about that. How did that interaction, how do those interactions lift you up and make you feel like you are more than just the disease? Because I know that that can be really difficult. I've talked to people who have, who have cancer, who have had cancer and they're just trying to navigate the point of like not becoming the disease. And I like how you said the minute you stopped believing that it was real You started to bloom and to grow and to and to live this new this new life. So I want to talk about how that dynamic has has helped has helped you and filled you up um, during this past two years.
1: Without my tribe, I would. I don't know if I would have been here. They keep me so leveled and grounded. And I know it's extremely hard for them because. At one point, they were all filled with a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to see your friend literally go from 120 pounds to 70 pounds, dark circles under her eyes, feeding tube, diapers, can't walk, and and laugh about tomorrow. But they did. Um, And I don't know how they did it. All I know is that I'm so grateful that they still saw me Mm -hmm. for who I was and for who I will be. Mm -hmm. I think that's what got me even more is they see my future when I couldn't. When I was dark, they saw light. Mm -hmm. And they constantly reinforce me of the qualities in myself and that I have that give me hope for my future, because it's not easy. I get very down sometimes and it's hard fighting this, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm still fighting this physically alone. Right. But without the love and the caringness, whether it's cards or phone calls or pop-up visits, you know, it's a lot of strength on their part as well. Because cancer is not I'm not just fighting it. My loved ones and my family are fighting it. My mom has totally given away her life and takes care of me 24-7 now. <sighs> yeah, it's I, I, I don't know. I, without them, I wouldn't be here. I'm grateful for it because they feed me light I need to fuel my fight.
0: I want to talk about mom for a bit because you guys are each other's cheerleaders. And I just absolutely love the relationship <laughs> that you have with your mom. She's hilarious. Oh, from what you've shared on social media and your stories, y'all are way too cute. And mom is hip and I absolutely love the video that you posted. Where she was like, We've been dressing like this before Wakanda when the Black Panther movie came out. <laughs> I'm like, honey. Oh, I love oh my god, I love it. So I wanna talk about mom and how you guys have grown closer during this time and how she's been your rock through this.
1: Well, before I talk about our relationship, my mom is a warrior herself. She is a brain aneurysm survivor. Wow. She literally died on my 21st birthday, and she is here over 10 years later. My oldest sister passed away six years ago, and she survived that. So I think having her lose a child already— Um, In the beginning, it wasn't easy. When I was first diagnosed, there was a lot of fear and she's very empathetic. So my mom was extremely sick as well, Mm -hmm. to the point where she couldn't come visit me in New York. Um, She couldn't take care of me because she was so sick herself. So when I moved back to L.A., we've done a lot of spiritual work together, you know, a lot of growth and just seeing the sacrifices that she's made and I've made, like, it's just a beautiful blossoming of a relationship. Um, I've lived, I lived in New York for 15 years. So we were close, but it was very limited, which is now it's hands on all the time. And it can get crazy, don't get me wrong. (laughs) We can drive each other insane. But the power of a mother and a mother's touch and healing words, and there's nothing like it. Mm. And she's literally, I always tell her, like, she literally gives me an IV of love every day to help fortify my soul because that's mama, you know? And Mm -hmm. to know everything that she's been through, like, it's coming from strength. She's deeply rooted in strength. So having that relationship now only makes me want to fight harder and live longer because we're literally fighting together. Like (laughs) we're doing everything through learning and growing together. And I'm just so happy that I came back and we get to go through this life together again, because it's such a blessing. Like our relationship has grown 10 times stronger
0: than what it once was. That's amazing. As a mom myself, and just listening to you as a daughter, I want my children, my girls to feel the way you feel about your mom, about me. Mm-hmm. And just hearing you say, you know, a mother's touch, a mother's love is power, like that right there, like brought tears to my eyes because it's so true. And I'm glad that you guys are walking through this together and that. You have this newfound connection even if it gets crazy and y'all drive each other crazy (laughs) (laughs) even even if because that's life you know that is that is life but when you have people that you can stand with even when you're down and that you can walk with even when you feel crippled or that will pick you up when you're feeling like i can't do this anymore that is what life is about those partnerships and those connections and it's such a blessing that you have that with your tribe. And I just want to say thank you for sharing that little bit with me because it really filled me up.
1: <sighs> <laughs> oh. I'm like overly emotional now.
0: <laughs> it's fine. Emotions are so good for the show. It's it's great. I, listen, we I cry almost every episode, so it's fine. I just I feel so grateful to be able to talk to you and that you have you've trusted me enough to share a little piece of yourself and your soul with me and and the hey girl listeners but before we we wrap up this episode I want to talk about a couple more things the first thing is showing up how are you showing up for yourself during this moment and future moments
1: I'm showing up by no longer allowing Negativity and darkness and things that no longer serve me into my space, whether that's people, thoughts. Like, I myself, like, I get crazy. And I have to shut that, those thoughts down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's showing up for myself mm-hmm. because we all are our biggest critics. And there are times in my life where I feel like I am not doing my best and I am like, honey, there are no expectations in life. Just keep living.
0: Mm.
1: Like, mm-hmm. who, are, who am I comparing my battle to when we are all different? We all have different cells and different minds and bodies and spirits. Like, I, there's no comparison. Why? And once I put myself in check, I allow myself to just be. And when you allow yourself to just be, there are a thousand opportunities ahead. And I have to constantly remind myself that.
0: You know what's crazy about showing up is that we have to check ourselves so much. During that show up process, it's like we expect the show up to be easy, or at least I have in the past. Like, okay, I'm just gonna meet myself where I am, and then you try that, and then there's all these self, you know, you're 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 judging yourself. It's self criticism. It's Everything that makes us human comes to the surface and then we're like, nope, check that, shut that shit down, check it at the door. It's not allowed to come in. And I think that has been a big lesson in how I show up for myself and it sounds like how you show up for yourself is by checking those feelings at the door, allowing them to be what they are, but not allowing them to spill darkness into the place that you are constantly trying to create warmth and light and exactly, yeah
1: and another thing is vulnerability mm. i've learned to be vulnerable, like literally this past weekend, um, another one of my best friends, I, me and her were kind of not reading each other's lines correctly, and I just had to let her know how I felt at the moment. She felt a different way, you know, but it broke the ice mm. and we both were like girl like what are you doing like i love you mm. just just tell me and sometimes we don't tell people how we feel and the next thing you know you don't talk to the person for months right. that's whack yeah you know yeah and by being vulnerable and just being like i feel this 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 and this it opens up the door again you know and it's usually over stupid stuff but by me being vulnerable has helped me so much because it's like taking weight off my shoulders.
0: Vulnerability is everything. I think that might be my second word of the year. The first word is boundaries, but the second word is vulnerability because it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to say to a loved one, hey, like that made me feel this. Can we talk about that? It's so much easier to be like, forget it. I'm going to just get quiet. But silence isn't always the best way to find peace. And speaking up sometimes is what builds those bridges to peace and love and joy and understanding. And I'm really glad that you spoke up with your friend and you, you know, I love how you said "Like, girl, I love you. Like like that saying, (laughs) I love you, man, like that matters. You can
1: never say I love you enough. Ever. Ever. That is like. Say it.
0: Say it every day, all day. Say it. Um, Okay. So we're going to wrap up, but I want to get some self-care tips from you while navigating cancer and while navigating life differently these days. How does self-care play a role in your life and how does mental wellness create space where you are today? My mental health is due to my self-care in this
1: present moment mm-hmm. and listening to my body. Listen to your body. You know when you are, you're tired or you're frustrated or you're stressed and there's things you can do about it. And most of the time, mine is filled with meditation and wine, <laughs> but <laughs> I do a lot of writing. I journal every day because I can look back at that and realize how far I've come. Therapy is so important. Even if you feel you have everything together, it's just good to speak to someone about, you know, that has boundaries that you don't feel like, sometimes you just wanna talk to someone that you don't know and you can trust in a safe space. I'm a big fan of therapy. Also, holistic remedies have saved my life, whether that is supplements, yoga, Reiki, those have saved my life and they will save anyone's life. I always tell my friends, like, go to acupuncture, meditate, sit somewhere silently, listen to your body. Like, especially as black women, Mm. like I, this is kind of going off, but I've noticed since being sick, there are not enough opportunities for black women in the medical field, Mm. Um, research studies, Go to the doctor, get checked out, do your research, because there's so many of us out there and we don't get the care we need, but we need to fight for it. And yeah, I really believe that, especially as women of color, our self-care, our mental health, our body and our awareness, we have to get on it. So like I said, listen to your body, do what feels right in the moment listen to your spirit and just take care of yourself, whether that's writing, reading a book, drinking some tea, talking to your friends. It's different for everybody. You know, I can't really like, I wish I had like a a manual of like steps to do, but I don't (laughs) because we all walk different paths, you know, but yeah, trust the process.
0: So before we go, is there anything that you want to share with our listeners in regards to their checkups, their gynecological care. Um, I know that you are an advocate for the cervical cancer awareness and sharing and speaking up and being vocal about that. So is there anything that you wanna share with the listeners before we go?
1: Yes, go get your pap smears, ladies. Get checked up down there. I talk to so many women who are like, oh, I haven't got, they don't get one or they only get one once a year. You know, sometimes if you're feeling a certain ways, go get a second one. Like, I know health insurance nowadays, sometimes they only pay for once a year, but please go get checked out. Like, my doctor literally told me I was fine. I was not feeling okay. I went to three doctors before they did the right testing to see that I had tumors Mm. on my cervix, those two doctors were white males. It took a Filipino doctor, a woman, to be like, maybe we should do a PET scan. Maybe you're not just depressed and hormonal.
0: Hmm.
1: So please, go get checked out, especially for women of color. Like, They'll throw off things of signs, fibroids, and not knowing cervical cancer. And women's cancers are the number two diagnosed cancers for women of color, black and brown women especially. And we're dying at rates that are horrifying especially for young women who get cervical cancer through HPV there's vaccinations for that you know there's ways of dealing with it beforehand you don't have to get to stage 4 cancer to realize something's wrong in my case i did not have hpv you know i had, mine was due to malcare when i was young from birth control pills and things of that sort so just make sure you're getting checked out because a lot of these doctors do not take women of color seriously, mm. and they just write, they'll just write you off. And that's not okay. So go get checked out and also sign up for research studies. I notice when being a woman of color, there's so many grants for breast cancer, and most women diagnosed with breast cancer are white. So funding my cancer for treatment has been hard. Mm-hmm. And they say that it's because there's not enough research studies. So now I'm an advocate on trying to get more research studies for women of color, because the more research studies that we have, the more grants and the more awareness there is out there that we need help. Like we sh- I shouldn't have to be $300,000 in debt right now because I want to see the best specialist in Los Angeles. That's mm-hmm. not
0: fair. Mm-hmm. Niaje, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being a warrior and an advocate for women and yourself. I appreciate you from my head to my toes. Before we go, can you please let people know where they can find you on social media so they can keep up with, with you?
1: Um, so right now I'm predominantly on Instagram. So you can find me at, at Niaje, N-I-A-J-E. simple follow me. I'll follow back. Love to all my sisters. And last thing I just want to say is never sit in fear. Always stand in
0: faith. Mm, That's a great way to end. Thank you, Niaje. With you.
1: So right now I'm predominantly on Instagram. So you can find me at at Niaje, N-I-A-J-E. Simple. Follow me. I'll follow back. Love to all my sisters. And last thing I just want to say is Never sit in fear. Always stand in faith.
0: Mm. That's a great way to end. Thank you, Niaje. Thank you. Yay! Love you. Love you. I am beyond honored that Niaje decided to share a piece of her story with me. She is a fighter. She is resilient. And she is walking through this life in such a powerful encouraging way. To everyone listening, please keep Niage and her fight in your thoughts and prayers. She is truly a gem and so much gratitude is given to her for sharing a piece of her story with me and you, the Hey Girl listeners. The Hey Girl podcast is a member of the District Productive, Produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own, Kokai.